Hey everybody, so it's been a little bit of time since we last recorded our last episode for Weather Hype, and Castle and I figured that we're just going to kind of shoot the breeze today and let you guys catch up on our lives and what we've been up to, because, you know, you listen to this podcast to listen to our lives, right? And know about our personal anecdotes and all that stuff. I don't know. What am I saying? <laughs> this, like, whole season, we've had a lot of guests, and we don't normally we have, have this actually. many guests. I think almost every episode this whole season has had a guest on it. So this is kind of a nice step away from that and just uh, just to kind of catch up with each other. Exactly. So hopefully you'll listen and be interested in it. If you're not, feel free to skip this one and go to the next one. But, but we're also going to you know. we're also going to talk about some weather headlines that are going out there right now. The record temperatures that are out west and in the Texas area. So and also a yes. little bit of weather with the World Cup. I did not watch it, but. I, <laughs> shocker shocker castle loves watching sports apparently but i can always on comment on it afterwards yeah there you go exactly <laughs> anyway that and a lot more coming up on weather hype a podcast where we talk about weather climate and how it affects you i'm min and i'm castle and we're gonna shoot the breeze coming up next i tried to rein it in a bit because you were totally not selling it at all <laughs> No, I wasn't. <laughs> you were just like, we're going to just talk about whatever. It's fine. If you don't like it, you don't like it. <laughs> now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together. Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather. I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast. By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back. No, no, I wasn't always like this. Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit. Sidewalks dried up. No snow emergency. I could take you February and turn it into spring. I get gone, I get gone, and I don't need any one to know better. Mr. Castle Williams, yes, how? I am. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm a bit overwhelmed with uh, comprehensive exams questions. What is? What are comprehensive exams for people who don't know? So, comprehensive exam is kind of this big milestone in a PhD or doctoral program where you have to kind of prove that you're an expert in what you're kind of going after. So think of it as like uh, a test almost that's like okay. saying whether you are you are like proficient enough to kind of continue and become an expert in the field that you've started studying. So after you take these uh, comprehensive exam uh, or the comprehensive exam, yeah. which is also abbreviated as just like the comp, comps. right? Or comps. Yeah. Um, so then that gives you the green light to continue on with your research for your PhD. Yeah. So once you, and some, pro some programs do it differently. Like some people make you take comps first and then you propose your dissertation. Um, okay. because some people want to make sure that you are proficient enough in your area before you propose the research. Um, sure. but then there are other programs like the program I'm in that does you, uh, you can do it either way, but most people defend their dissertation proposal, then do comps. Okay. Um, so that way you can kind of get the the brunt of the work out of the way and it ends up being better because you get to kind of be tested on a lot of the stuff that actually pertains to your dissertation topic. Gotcha. Um, because otherwise, if you were to do your proposal afterward, they wouldn't really necessarily know specifics about what you're going to do. So it might be a more general test, which in my opinion could be a little bit harder being yeah. like knowing everything and walking into a room and being quizzed. Just sounds like yeah. terrifying. Not the greatest of things. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Well, 
Good luck to you, sir. This is a long process, right? It's not just like you're taking it over a day or even over a week. This is a long extended uh, process for you. Yeah. uh, For some people, it can be rather quick, like a week. Um, And some people, it takes a a little bit more time. Um, Because I'm that mix of social science and physical science, mine is on the longer period. So it's going to be about two months um, for everything to be completely done. But um, gotcha. a little bit at a time and just having fun with it where I can. One step at a time. <laughs> oh my lord. Um, I'm going to be doing some weird stuff because yeah, uh, is. Is I goofy. woke up at like 3.30, 4 o'clock this morning to go hike a 14er. Um, for those who aren't familiar with that term, a 14er, you know, just... <laughs> I'm so Colorado now. Also, I moved to Colorado, but more on that later. <laughs> and I'm going to have a new twist. job. So anyway, uh, <laughs> just throwing it all out there. So um, for those who don't know, a 14er is just what Colorado people call a mountain that is above 14,000 feet. And there are 50 something of these 14er mountains. And um, people try to climb up or hike up these mountains and they make it a bucket list to try to knock off all 50 of them or 50 something of them and so for me i hiked up mount Beersat today which is about an hour and 15 minutes east or uh, sorry an hour and 15 minutes west of denver and it's not too too terribly difficult compared to the other 14ers i think um there's a website that ranks them from class one to class five and I believe Mount Beardestad is a class two uh, 14er. I've only done one other 14er before. That was Gray's Peak back in 2015 with my friend Noah. Um, and that was a lot of fun. But you pretty much for this one for Mount Beardestad, you start off uh, a little bit over or under 12,000 feet. And you climb up about 2,700 feet, I think, to get to the top of Mount Beardestad. And so I started the trail around 540, 545, and then I made it back down by around about like 1045. So about five hours of solid hiking, um, exhausted and very loopy and tired. So (laughs) I apologize for if I sound really weird or tired. Um, That's the reason why. But uh, well, we can we can talk more about that and and other stuff later. But totally, if you're out here in Colorado, you got to go hiking. And it's nice to wake up and, and go hiking and then have like the rest of the day to yourself. That's really and early to, though. It is. But here's the thing. When you're out hiking out here, especially if you're hiking a 14 or a really tall mountain, the higher you go, the more exposed you are to the elements. So there aren't trees that are protecting you. There's really nothing to protect you. So during the summertime, which is like the most the time that's most conducive for hiking, you know, there's not as much snow or snowpack on the mountain and on the trails. Mm-hmm. And... But, you know, the other side of that is you have a lot of thunderstorms during the afternoon. And so the earlier you get up, the more likely you are to avoid your typical afternoon thunderstorms because of all the, you know, ore graphic lifting uh, from Ooh. the mountains. Oh, yeah. Weather terms. <laughs> <laughs> um, when the wind hits a mountain, it um, causes the air to, to rise up and that can cause thunderstorms along the mountain ranges. So a lot of times the rule, the general rule is to be off the mountain by I think around 11 in the morning or 12 noon, like be off the mountain, like be done with all your hiking. And so in order to do that, you have to really start early because I'm kind of far away and I have to drive. I have to wake up especially early to get to the mountain trail. And normally if I'm doing a 14 or I'd like to start around between like five or six, that's a pretty good time. Um, any later than that, then I'd have to kind of like pick up the pace and, and I won't be able to enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. But um, today it was a like great time. Um, took it pretty leisurely, got really tired. 
um, not quite used to the altitude yet. And especially if you're so high up, there's less oxygen and um, the the steep incline is it just takes away your breath mm-hmm. um, from looking at the view and also because I'm out of shape. So, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that's why you have to wake up early. And a lot of people, you can like, as I'm going down the mountain, I see a bunch of people coming up and some people don't start until like nine or nine thirty or 10. And for them, I say, Make sure you're checking the weather and you know what the weather conditions are going to be like. Today, there are no thunderstorms expected, but on average, like on a typical summer day, you definitely never want to start that late because if you start that late, it probably won't end very well for you. You'll probably get rained on and you'll get really scared from thunder and lightning in the distance and you definitely don't want to deal with that. So So what are you supposed to do if you are like at the top of the mountain and it starts storming? Well, I mean, the thing is, people try to educate everybody as much as possible and tell them, like, you know, don't start going up a mountain if you know it's going to take you two or three hours to go up. Mm-hmm. Don't start too late. It's like general awareness of that information and preparedness information that people try to spread around um, Colorado and let people know. But obviously, if you're not from this area and you're just visiting, that may not be something you think about, like, right off the top of your head. I really liked your idea of being aware of your weather surroundings before you go up uh, and start a hike. And I wonder if they could even mm-hmm. maybe put up some signs that say like, what is the weather like today or something before you start the hike? I think realistically, there's just so many trails and trailheads that it's not um, cost effective possible to put a weather forecast. But the trail that I went to today had a big sign and told you like the times that you should be hiking and the times that you should not oh, be on the mountain. That's cool. So and it's funny because um, I was talking, I made friends with some people on the way up and we hiked back down and talked a lot about like weather and emergency management, which is really cool. I told them about our podcast and I told them I'd give them a shout out. It's uh, Jessica, Sue, Bill and Andy. Um, but the guy, he told me, he's like, yeah, I saw the sign. It tells you like, you know, what times are conducive for hiking and what times you should avoid uh, being on the mountainside. And um, I pretty much told him that, you know, yeah, like as great as that sounds, if you're a visitor... And you see that, like, are you really going to be deterred? And are you really going to turn around uh, if you see that? You know, if you come at a bad time and you're like, oh, this is the time where I'm not supposed to really be hiking yet. There's blue skies. It looks really pretty. Like, you know, it's kind of a at your own risk kind of thing. But I don't know that that many people who are inexperienced at hiking or, you know, climbing would really take heed of that warning. But the other question that I have is, what are you supposed to do if you're like at the top of the mountain or you're higher up and kind of a thunderstorm starts approaching or it starts happening overhead? So I did a little digging and found yeah. some information um, on the Rocky Mountain Hiking Trails.com um, who collaborated with the National Weather Service to provide some tips for hikers. Yeah, awesome. Um, so it does say if you get caught during a storm and you're below tree line, you should avoid buildings with exposed openings, such as backcountry camping shelters or picnic pavilions. These are not safe. Um, you should avoid caves as they channel electricity fairly well. Wow. Um, you should avoid contact with others, so they recommend that you spread out at least 50 feet apart in order to minimize the chance of everyone being struck. That's okay. Yeah. Um, avoid water and any low spots that might accumulate rain runoff. Okay. If you have no other options, take shelter under a group of shorter trees among larger trees. A thick for- okay. forest is far better than a lone tree or a small group of trees. And they also recommend that you drop any metal items. Wow. 
that's a lot of really good information and things that like I was not completely aware of. So I'm glad that you read that off and maybe I can make a graphic and throw that up on social media and be like, hey, you know, FYI, that's actually really good information. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, And if some other really quick ones, if you're above the tree line, I don't know. You might have to explain what the tree line is because I'm not really sure. So if you're hiking like up a a mountain or mountainside and you're going up really high in elevation, normally when you're leaving your car and leaving the parking lot area, um, you're you're kind of uh, climbing slowly. It's like a very gradual at the beginning and there's like trees and forests around you. But the higher up the mountain you go, the trees don't grow anymore. So they kind of like start dwindling and the higher you go up at one point you're gonna pass through the forest and then you're gonna be like oh like i'm above the trees now and there's like nothing except me and the ground like there's nothing to cover you there might be a few boulders or rocks around but that's about it and that's what you meant by you're kind of completely exposed that's why it's better to go earlier in the day ah okay exposure in those terms means like you're exposed to the elements whether that be the the rain the lightning the sun or the wind yeah um and you know that's something to to be wary of when you're hiking for sure so if you are above the tree line in these kind of exposed to the element areas it recommends that you avoid solitary trees. So it says they're the most dangerous place to be during a storm. Avoid any sure. other objects that are higher than the rest of the terrain around you. And if you cannot get below the tree line in order to do those other recommendations that I said earlier, it recommends that you find the lowest point of open area and move there very quickly. Hmm. That sounds about right. Um, do you remember two years ago when we did this uh, weather hype episode and I was telling you about how my coworkers and I were yes. stuck in a thunderstorm? Yes. Yeah. So we were above tree line and we got a late start and I knew that we shouldn't have, but we did anyway. And it's one of those situations where I learned very quickly that that was a terrible idea. So three of us were in one group, like pretty close to each other. And one person like was pretty far back. So we did not listen to that rule of staying 50 feet away from each other, mm-hmm. which now I know to do. Yeah. Um, and also like we just tried to go down the mountain uh, through the trail as fast as we could, like a light jog down the mountain and it was scary but now i know what to do but also how to avoid that kind of situation to begin with i know sometimes you can't completely avoid situations like this but you know when you're able to and starting uh, earlier definitely helps with that and if you are caught in a precarious situation now you hopefully will know what to do um, based on castle's uh information he read off to you know give yourself the best chance possible So, Castle, guess how hot it was today in Denver? Uh, 101. Close. Well, I guess the day is still going, so I don't know how high it's going to get. <laughs> but the forecast is around 99, 100 degrees. And I'm in the mountains. It's crazy. So, when I left Denver this morning, it was about 70 degrees, uh, 69, 70. When I got to the mountain, it was about 41 Whoa. at the base of the mountain. Yeah. That's crazy. So just imagine like a 29, 30 degree difference. Um, granted, I was going from like Denver's 5280, right? So 5,280 feet high. That's why they call it the mile high city. Oh. When I uh, drove westward to the parking lot area of the, the mountain pass, um, the elevation was, I think, around 11,500 feet, somewhere around there. Holy cow. So you're going up like 6,000 feet. And I'm not going to do the math right now, but 
obviously the higher you go, most of the time, temperatures are going to drop. But 30 degrees is pretty uh, substantial. And obviously by the time you go up the mountain, the sun was coming out a little bit. So it wasn't like too much colder, but it was still pretty chilly once I got up there uh, and the wind was blowing. But um, anyway, to speak on that, though, it's really, really hot in a lot of places. I know it's summertime, but... It just seems like it's a little unusual, and I guess it kind of is because three weeks ago when I was in Denver, um, I like took a Snapchat photo and I was just like making a whiny face because I hate the heat, <laughs> and I was thinking like, okay, I left Georgia and I'm in Colorado now, and it's 105 degrees, which ties the all-time record high for Denver of 105. So it feels hot, and it definitely is hot, and it's you know unusually hot. And this summer, you know, when I was here two years ago, we hit 100 a few times, like a couple of times. It feels like this summer we've hit 100 or 100 plus, like on innumerable occasions. I don't even know if I said that right. Um, but on numerous, numerous, occasions? I think. <laughs> Roman in, numeral in, in, in occasions. occasions. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've we've hit like 100 numerous times, and it's been really hot, and so. You know, obviously, kids can't compare like 2016 to 2018 summer, but uh, it's I'm noticing it and noticing the heat. And granted, it's a dry heat, not a humid heat. I think right now, currently, temperature is 94 with a dew point of 26 degrees. <laughs> so the heat index is actually 89. Hmm. It's five degrees uh, less than the actual air temperature. Yeah. Um, and then when I was visiting Los Angeles to uh, see my brother, uh, they tied their all-time record high for a few places in LA. I think they reached upwards of, believe, one fifteen to one eighteen degrees, like just east of LA in the desert area. And then UCLA, I think, reached um like one o eight or no, I think downtown LA reached one o eight. I think UCLA was a little bit harder than that, but it was a scorcher. It let me tell you, like there was no cloud cover at all. It was like burning your skin. And, like, there was no humidity to kind of, like, coat your skin to keep it nice and moist, you know? So your skin's dry. It's, like, being sunburned, I guess. And it's just, like, super-duper hot. And you're standing, like, in asphalt. Or at least I was. Uh, and it was just, like, really unbearable. And places in L.A., a lot of places don't have A.C. Because they're not... They don't get that kind of heat all the time. Like, if you... You know how California, when you're at the coast, you move inland a little bit towards the desert. The gradient of temperature is so drastic... But LA is close enough to the water that they tend to be cooler, mm-hmm. significantly cooler than places in the desert area. So yeah, a lot of places don't have AC. If you have an apartment like my brother did, you only have like an AC window unit in your bedroom, but the rest of your apartment or your you know your house, you just open the windows and let the breeze kind of blow through. But um, in LA during that time, when it reached like 110, 115, at midnight, it was still like 97 degrees. Yeah. It's weird to think because I always had that idea in mind that, oh, you know, a desert is hot during the day and cold at night. But sometimes there are air masses in place or weather systems in place where temperatures don't drop off very much. And gradually the temperature drops, you know, a little bit overnight, but not too, too much. I think like, you know, lower 80s, upper 70s. And that's like pretty high for even California, Southern California standards for L.A. anyway. So um, and you said Texas is also experiencing record heat, too. They are this week. Um, they there was like they're in like the upper hundreds every day. Yeah, yeah. So it's been pretty rough across the whole country. So with the the L.A. 
thing i also is probably a lot of, of uh urban heat island stuff too keeping the temperatures oh my gosh temperatures yeah high. I, it's extremely you can feel it too when you're in the city or in a, an area with a lot of asphalt and concrete it just feels so much hotter and then when you're moving towards like a grassy area or something it feels a little bit cooler and definitely when you're at the beach obviously you have the marine influence that makes it cooler too but it's it's crazy to think and I mean, now they're back to normal temperatures. And when I asked my brother before I visited him, I said, what's the normal temperature? He said, eh, like upper 70s, lower 80s for the high. Holy cow. And then like 60s, difference. mid 60s to like, you know, low 70s for the low. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I looked at the weather a few days before my trip and I was like, really? Really? Like excessive heat warning. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to melt and die. His apartment was like over 100 degrees. That's how hot That's it was crazy. in the apartment itself. Yeah. It was so bad. And then he had the one bedroom with a- an AC unit. My mom and dad were there too. And his girlfriend. So all five of us like slept in the same bedroom. We had like <laughs> like mattresses and like a blow up mattress. And like I took a, the couch uh, cushions and just like stuck them on the ground and slept on those. And I was like, dude, this is miserable. If we did not have AC, there was no way I would sleep that night. And, you know, you think about like that privilege of having an AC unit, but like people who are homeless or people who don't have a place to go. I mean, they open cooling shelters, but I was asking my Uber driver, like how do these homeless people know where to go when it's hot? It's not like they watch the news Mm -hmm. to know where the cooling shelters are. I assume they know like, you know, where the, the local library is or the mall is. So hopefully they're allowed to go into those places. But you know, there's always that rule of like, no, no soliciting, right? right? Like you can't just like stay around if you're not going to buy something or whatever and you can't linger around. So hopefully when there are heat waves like that, then mall security or security in general can be more lenient on these people who, you know, may be suffering because they have no place to go. Yeah, I don't know about LA, but I know that Phoenix does these pop-up uh, cooling centers whenever there's any type of excessive heat warning or heat advisory yeah. that's out. So the homeless shelters kind of inform the individuals where they can go to get cool and get water. Um, so I hope that LA has something of the sort. I feel like I actually remember uh, that they, I saw a presentation at the NWA meeting last year that was in LA, well, just outside of LA. And like the emergency manager for LA came and talked and gave a talk and he talked about all the different protocols in place for members that are, are individuals that are homeless. Um, so I'm pretty sure that he brought up kind of the heats, uh, the cooling centers and stuff. So, okay. Um, gotcha. cause I know that, um, it's a kind of a, a crazy issue in LA is like the, the number of people that are homeless. Yeah, um, for sure. So hopefully nothing terrible happened or there aren't, weren't any deaths or anything. So we teased the world cup a bit in the, introduction and we did um i obviously have no clue what's going on so hopefully <laughs> that you can be insightful to well, this the united aspect. states did not qualify for the world cup so and they why not why not how do you qualify so when before the world cup they every like area of the world like different continents and different regions of different continents have their own qualification system for the United States, they had to play in kind of, you know, like a, it's called World Cup qualifiers, pretty much. And the way that it works out is the United States plays a bunch of different North American and Latin American countries to see if they qualify and, and based on their record and, and whatnot, um, it kind of determines if they make it to the World Cup. 
So they lost to, I believe, Trinidad, Tobago, and Tobago, and they lost a few months ago or a year ago. I can't remember. And so that was the reason why they didn't qualify for the uh, for the Olympics, okay. for the World Cup. Um, and I mean, this year, a lot of teams that typically make it didn't make it. So the United States didn't make it. I believe Italy didn't make it. Um, Japan, Canada, I don't right. know if they... Japan... I heard someone wait, talk about Japan? that. I, think, I thought Japan... Did Japan not make it? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm asking the the peanut gallery. Um, anyway, so from that, the World Cup has been happening since June for three weeks a month now, and it ended last weekend. And it was France versus Croatia, and France won four two. Spoiler alert! I should probably have said spoiler alert before I told you the score. But if you don't know the <laughs> score by now, then that's fine. <laughs> you don't care, obviously. Yeah, you don't care. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, the weird thing about watching the game other than how exciting it was, was the fact that there were thunderstorms in the area. So it was already forecast that there might be thunderstorms. Where were they playing at? They're playing in Moscow, Russia. Okay. And there are already thunderstorms forecast for the area. So they, people knew that there was a chance, right? And there's always a chance. I mean, there's always a chance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you can't tell from like watching on the camera, like on TV, like what the weather is going to be like because the cameras aren't pointed up yeah, at the clouds. Yeah, they're facing down, right? Yeah, they're facing at the the field and the players. So you have to rely on what the commentators say, and the commentators were really, really frustrating and slightly annoying because they're they're like, oh, uh, there's some thunder and lightning in the distance, and I'm thinking, okay, well, they that should be a sign that they should delay or postpone the game, and they didn't. And then on top of that, the commentators were talking about the lightning and thunder as if it were like adding some kind of excitement or suspense to the game. Like, oh, like this Mm. ominous thunder and lightning is really creating this atmosphere for the players. And I'm like, no, that's just straight up dangerous. Like, it's not even like, you know, a, I don't even know, an atmosphere kind of thing. And it shouldn't be looked at as that kind of thing. I know when you're reading some kind of literature piece and there's lightning and thunder. Or movies or TV shows. Or movies, you know, like foreboding, foreshadowing. Exactly. They use that. And I... I get it like cinematically or, you know, in a piece of art or literature. But when you're talking about like real life, I think there needs to be a distinction that lightning and thunder is not adding to the the scene or the mood, but more so like there should be action being taken. And there wasn't. And they even said stuff like, you know, there, there hasn't been a weather delay in a world cup final. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's, I think that's what they were saying. And so they're kind of insinuating that there wouldn't be a delay. Like they would just keep playing on in this like semi-covered stadium with a giant donut hole at the top but uh you know um i was like very frustrated listening to the commentary and thinking like okay like people were at risk it could be dangerous yet like nothing is happening you know who were the commentators were they like american americans or like russians or they're american commentators for fox sports ah okay yeah yeah interesting yeah just so an I, observation i yeah. mean we've talked about like stadiums and severe weather before um you can listen to that episode just go to our website or itunes or whatever. and i think that the ams just actually came out with a new statement on uh outdoor safety for outdoor events like venues oh, yeah? and stadiums and stuff yeah i saw something on twitter about it um i haven't okay. actually looked at it but i know that they i'm pretty sure they just put it out with the help of kevin Clasel. yeah dude kevin's awesome He's at OU. He does a lot of great work with their Office of Emergency Management yeah. or Emergency Preparedness, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's really, really awesome. 
So so nothing so nothing else with they never took action. They never. No, there was some rainfall at some points, and I think um, there was halftime as the thunder and lightning started kind of rolling through, and I think there was a little bit of thunder and lightning after halftime as the second half of the game started, but yeah, nothing ever happened. They didn't really do anything, and so I was like, oh. So... We teased earlier that we would give you guys some life updates, and there's been some pretty substantial uh, things going on in our lives that I think uh, would be nice to share with you guys. So, um, Castle, can you tell us a little bit more about some of the cool, interesting stuff that's going on in your life? Sure. I guess the most exciting thing was um, this past week I was interviewed live by the Weather Channel. That's Um, so cool. It was very intense and very nerve-wracking. Um... But I've been getting, like, positive feedback, even though people keep saying, like, you did so great. And it was, like, you look so natural on camera. And every time I watch it, I just make, I feel like I'm making the worst faces. And (laughs) I just look terrified. But everyone's like, oh, you look super calm. I'm like, I really don't think I do. Wait, can we roll the audio on that? Yes. Three, two, one. Rolling. New research from the University of Georgia's Department of Geography shows most parents don't believe it could happen to them. Castle Williams is a doctoral student with the university's Department of Geography, and uh, he spoke with parents and caregivers as part of the study and joins us live. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, So tell us why you decided to do this study focused on children being left in cars. Yeah, so it really comes down to what do we mean when we say children left in hot cars? There are three really big areas, those that are forgotten, which is really the focus of my research, but there's also those that get trapped or are, are intentionally left. So the really, the big inspiration for my project was seeing a presentation by my advisor, Dr. Andrew Grunstein, who looked at the meteorological aspects of weather, about like how quickly a car heats up. And I wanted to kind of take that information and think about how can we use this to better communicate the risk to parents. So it really came from this nice risk communication approach. So walk us through the study and who you decided to actually include in it. Sure, so I really wanted kind of that really that to focus on the risk communication, really understand the messaging behind kind of this issue. And so I talked with experts, um, those that create and craft the messages, but also parents to see how they're interpreting them, they're taking them and how they're acting on them. So it was really making sure I was uh, interviewing those two key groups in order to make sure that I was understanding the complete landscape of how the messaging is being used. Now, did anything surprise you as you were talking to some of these experts and the parents? So one of the things that you kind of pointed out in the intro is that the parents didn't really feel that they were vulnerable to this risk, which is something that we've kind of seen in the past, but we've never really had empirical evidence that showed that. So it was really cool to see that. But also there were these lifestyle factors that parents kept pointing out. They said that low income parents, perhaps those that are working or those parents that are single are more at risk, when in fact that's not true at all. But those perceptions lie out there. So we need to try and see what we can do to correct those. Now, after doing this study, we got about 30 seconds. What are some suggestions that you have for maybe sending out better messaging? So I think with that is we need to figure out how we can personalize the vulnerability to the parents. We need to make sure they feel vulnerable to this. So I think the best thing we can do is kind of think about kind of a shifting of uh, we always say this can happen to anyone. Perhaps we should say this could happen to you. We need to make sure it's personal and focused on the individual. All right. I I like that advice for sure. Thanks again for being with us here. Uh, That's Castle Williams, doctoral student there with the University of Georgia's Department of Geography. We appreciate it.
and we're back castle no that was great i know you can't see his face but <laughs> i can it, put a link really, on the really well dude you were like so like i mean it in the best way possible like super well spoken like you were so clear you sounded like you were meant to be there like you meant you're meant to host a tv show i'm not even exaggerating like you sounded so pro and it was so i had like a proud dad moment but probably more like a proud friend moment <laughs> proud co-host of a weather hype podcast moment I yes, think being that, a, that a podcast co-host has really helped me a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think the the craziest part was I went into like the interview thinking it was going to be, you know, we did kind of like a mock interview the night before. You helped yeah. me like set up my Skype and everything. And I thought it was yeah. going to be exactly like that, but it was not yeah. at all. So there was, it was like a blank screen. So I was just talking to nothing. Oh, Um. And all I could do was hear them, t- like, hear the audio in my ears. Oh, really? So, it so was you like, weren't even, like, Skyping with um, Alex, who was no. Alex Wallace, right? Who yeah, was, it wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, you. I was, I was, like, so the people from the Weather Channel called me, like, the technical, like, the IT people. And sure. I was having trouble with my Skype, because remember, you sent me a message, and you said, hey, and I never got it. Yeah. And it turns out that there's something wrong with my Skype, which I still don't know what it is to this day. Oh, but it like when people call me, it I can't, I can't see it. But when I call them, it works. Oh, and he was like, weird. no, you can't call us. We have to call you. And I was like, OK, so I had to do like the Skype online thing. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. we tried for like 10 minutes and they're like, I guess we're just going to have to talk to you on the phone um i was like wait let me try one more thing and so i got the skype online working and then but then i couldn't hear like the audio um and so i i fought it for like five minutes and i finally got it and he's like okay we're sending you over you have one minute and i was like oh my god are you serious (laughs) yeah all that happened yeah you were so calm and collected i had no idea all that happened and so then i get to like the next person is a producer and they're like count give me a count from one to ten so we can test your audio levels and so i did that and they're like okay you have 30 seconds and then they like sent me over so i got the audio like from alex talking before like he introduced my segment yeah and the producer came on was like you have 10 seconds. And then he like started introducing me. But the problem is that I was not sure when I was actually on camera. Cause oh, you know, like gotcha. sometimes they, they don't show you until whatever. So I was just yeah. like, I don't know if I'm on camera or not. So I was like, just pretending <laughs> that boogers, I was. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so look at the camera, nod your head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So when he like started introducing my name, I was like, okay, I have to be on camera at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you look so good and there was no way of even knowing all that was happening. Yeah. But that that is honestly the the reality of a broadcast yeah, TV, like how quick things happen and if normally, I mean I'm glad they had the option of phoning you in if if the Skype yeah. didn't work out cuz normally what they would do is they would just kill it and that just means they were just like, "Nope, sorry, we can't do this anymore. We'll, we're going to move on to something else." But I'm glad they were able to you were able to kind of figure out the technical stuff and Yeah. You got the Skype, your face and everything, and even the little weather hype in the background. I, I know. Nice, I tried nice to touch. I tried to make sure and place it um, so that we <laughs> could get some national attention. <laughs> <laughs> the people were like, what is weather hype? What like, is weather what hype? Is and why is it up in the corner? Oh, my gosh. That's um, so good. No, but it, you, but you it did was, very well. It was, it was like the quickest 
two and a half minutes I've ever thought. And I was like, okay, don't move your hands. Cause my mom says I move my hands too much when I talk. So I was like, oh, don't yeah. move your hands a lot. Make sure you're smiling. Um, and I was like, keep it short. Uh, so it was just like a lot of things happening at once, but it yeah. was really, no, it, was, it was so a great well. opportunity. So well. And I, and I think it's only going to like that, you know, help to improve your um, public speaking. So like oh, in yeah. the future, like, you know, now you know what it's like to be interviewed by a national, you know, yeah. channel. That's awesome. A national network. And you can use that experience to, you know, be more confident in the way you talk in the future for whatever event it is. So yep. all those things are, are coming together and it's it was really, really well done. So and you can link the video to people too, right? Yes, on I, our I have it. So I'll put it on the website. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, they sent me a copy, which was super nice of them. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I guess the other stuff really quickly, it's not as flashy as the Weather Channel interview. <laughs> but but still I, Yeah, still important. So I can't really give any specifics or details, but I have received new funding um, to work on my dissertation, um, which is really exciting because that not only does that mean I get to continue doing my work and not have to worry about money and stuff as much, but it also means that someone is really interested in the work that I'm doing and is like interested so much that they want to fund it, um, which is really cool. Um, The other thing is I'll be teaching in the fall, which I've never really done before. Um, So the funding will not quite arrive in time for the semester to start. So I'm going to teach for one semester and then start on the grant. Um, so that will be new and interesting too, but I think it'll be great because it'll allow me to continue working on my public speaking and yeah. just working on communicating information to people that aren't necessarily like an expert in the audience in, in the field or um, they're just students. So they're just learning. So it'll be like figuring out how to best target the information to them, which I think will be great. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of that, like you're going to be an educator, you can yeah. help to educate the youth, the youth, <laughs> the youth. And also on top of that, like, you know, that kind of stuff, outreach and, and all the stuff that you've done in the past will all come to help you yeah. being, you know, and being a TA now to teach some of these uh, students. So it's a great opportunity, even if that's not necessarily the route that maybe you want to go in or somebody doesn't want to go in. Yep. Um, teaching is always going to give you a great perspective on how to communicate difficult yep. information to people who are non-subject matter experts, like you said. Yeah. Even if it's just like helping you present better at conferences, like... Um, just being able to communicate something that you know and the other person doesn't know and you have to figure out what how you can bridge that gap it's super important exactly so what about you what is up with you you kind of hinted (laughs) we just love teasing and hinting at things don't we earlier in the podcast that you had maybe moved and that you maybe had a new job (laughs) did i not tell you i moved oops my bad (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll get to that. I wanted to let you guys know that we did a podcast last summer about my thesis research. Um, it was entitled Weather on the Go, an assessment of smartphone mobile weather application use among college students. So um, in, in after uh, finishing my master's and my thesis, my advisor and my committee and I really wanted to publish it and get it published in a scientific journal. So reached out to BAMS, all that stuff happened. Which and is what? It, what is BAMS? Sorry, thank you for bringing me back to life. Um, the <laughs> Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society. And so that is a journal that is part of the AMS, American Meteorological Society, that we always talk about on the podcast. And it is a um, 
a journal that has a great information, yeah, like all spectrums of weather, um, social science sometimes, but also physical science and um, climate and, and things like that. And a lot of people in our field are very familiar with BAMS, which is really nice. So, yep. you know, after uh, getting all that approved through the editor and, and through the review process, the peer review process of having scientists and um, subject matter experts, like looking through my um, manuscript and, you know, going through it and really dissecting it and being like, okay, like that doesn't make sense or that makes sense. Or can you explain this more or, you know, whatever, uh, several iterations later I had what I, they considered um, a good piece of, of scientific work. And so now I don't know when it's going to be published, but they already have a version online for people to look at. So if you guys want to look at that, we can link you to it. And also if you ever have any questions about publication or publishing your scientific research in a journal, um, this is the first one I've done kind of solo on my own. So I don't have too, too much experience, but if you're looking to publish in BAMS, I can give you more um, insight maybe on how that works and uh, what kind of process it takes to, to get that done um, and and stuff like that. So uh, really excited to, to have this one uh, publication under my belt and um, hopefully uh, people will read it and cite it and, and you know, all those fun, help fun, help distribute it to the world. Professional and... things. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping to lay the foundation for this type of work of you know, weather apps and stuff. So hopefully it'll be useful for other researchers who are looking into this field in the future. I know it will. <laughs> 100% needed. Um, and also, so yeah, I, <laughs> I think we talked about it a few episodes ago, but I want to officially let everybody know that I have accepted a job with FEMA, the Woo-hoo! Federal Emergency Management Agency in uh, Denver, Colorado. It's for FEMA Region 8. And so if you guys remember two years ago, I was actually out in Denver and I was an intern, a Pathways intern for FEMA Region 8. And, um, you know, through contacts and whatnot and uh, professional relationships, I was able to come back out here and now I have a uh, permanent full-time job, which is super, super awesome. Um, It's been a long, long process. Uh, I'm not going to lie it was very trying and very difficult for some parts of this year trying to figure out you know jobs and where i would go and what i would do but um perseverance paid off and i'm super excited to be out here so i moved to denver about three four weeks ago um it's been a little busy getting everything together moving into the house i'm staying in and um visiting my brother in la and and a few trips here and there but I'm settling down. I'm going to go to D.C. next week for some training. And I'm going to come back and start working. So um, I will be out in Colorado and Denver for the foreseeable future. And I am so ecstatic to be out here. It's so beautiful. And as I hinted at earlier, like I love hiking and nature. And this is the place to be for that kind of stuff. So uh, if you're ever in the Denver area, hit me up. Let me know. And uh, for those who are already here um, that didn't know, well, now you know, and we should totally <laughs> hang out. <laughs> and some people are already told, so um, some people already know I'm out here. So, hello, I'll be hanging out with you soon, but I'm super excited for it. God, we've known, or I've known about it for so long, it feels good to finally release it right. to the world. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to tell people like what I'm doing at FEMA. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to be a public affairs specialist, so I'm working in the external affairs division. 
which pretty much means that I'm on the communication side of things. And a lot of my responsibilities would be relating to like digital media, which means like photography and videography, and also social media. So I'll be using Twitter and other platforms to get information out to the public and engage the public and also other more um, uh, communication kind of oriented uh, things where I'm talking with our partners, our federal partners and public partners and uh, community partners as well. So not completely sure on all the responsibilities, but that's like the general gist of what I'll be doing. So Castle, aside from the professional and, and uh, some of the academic stuff, you have a catfish story and you're not talking about the not seafood. Not the food. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm assuming you know what the show Catfish is, but I'm hoping that other people have seen it. But basically... Uh, yeah, explain to people just in case. So basically what it means to catfish people is when you date online and you use someone else's picture as your own to kind of uh like trick them into liking you well you don't trick them into liking you but you don't think that you yourself like meets people's expectations or something so you pick someone else you pick like a model or someone to represent yourself but you talk as if you're you um but the show basically tries to meet people like connect people that have been dating online um and who actually think they may be getting catfished so it may be someone that they don't think it actually is yeah so were you catfished or somebody else you know i was, was not catfished? i was not um so a friend of mine who will remain nameless because she has asked me to uh keep her would identity you ask her secret. if you could talk about this no but i wanted to um i wanted to submit the story to catfish like the actual show and yeah. she said that she didn't want that so i was like this is my best alternative i will use my <laughs> outlet to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> weather hype a podcast about weather climate and how it affects you we're gonna talk about catfish <laughs> go ahead go ahead i, I just love this sh- i just love the show so much because it's just it's about like investigation and like finding people and there's like drama it's like to catch a predator but like it is, a different but like, type. yeah it's like fun <laughs> and it's usually not like murderous usually not um, <laughs> are, are there some murderous catfishes out there no i mean there might okay. be i don't know any of them Probably. um so basically (laughs) (laughs) so basically the premise is she came to visit me the other day in athens and she's one she's a friend that i went to high school with and so she came to athens and visited and she was like i just want to let you know that i'm dating someone new and she continued to tell me about him and as she was telling me about him like a lot there were a lot of red flags and i was like the catfish background in me is like telling me that something's up here when you say so, catfish background it makes you sound like you're the catfish like you oh, are the one posing no, as a fake my person. knowledge of watching seven <laughs> seasons of the show is okay, telling gotcha. me that there's something fishy here pun intended yeah <laughs> um <laughs> so she started telling me that like he was driving down from pennsylvania to see her today like after she left me in athens like mm. they were supposed to meet up in atlanta and he called her he like texted while she was here with me and was like my car broke down and that's like a a solid sign that it's like a catfish because they come up with an excuse not to see you in person yeah and so 
we, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, the investigation's on. So we like came into my, uh, the office and we started like reverse searching his images and trying to find his social media accounts and like all of the tricks and tips that I picked up on the show. So unfortunately the investigation was kind of, uh, neutral. Like we didn't find anything that was super convincing that he was a catfish, but we also didn't find anything that was like, he's a real person. The only yeah. piece of evidence that was really throwing me off is he sent her a video and most catfish don't send videos. They just send pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so the video was kind of a big thing because I was like, you've talked to him in person. Does he sound like this in the video? Does it sound yeah. like the same person? She was like, yeah, it does. So I was like, then I feel like this has to be real. Like, I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but I have no other, sure. like, that's pretty big evidence. If the person that you talk to on the phone sounds just like the person in the video. Yeah. I was like, the only thing is if it were me and you were kind of concerned, it was a catfish. I would be like, I would like say your name in the video so that you know that it was like directed to you and like sure. for you. Yeah. So I was like, keep me in the loop because he was trying to get his car fixed and come down the next day. So I was like, yeah. okay, there, this could be a thing. And okay. so she continued to text me and she was like, he had to turn around and like, blah, blah, blah. Like he had to go back home. But she was like, I talked to him on the phone and I brought up the catfishing stuff. And he like told me all these things that made sense and that he really wasn't a catfish. And I was like, okay. So okay. about a week later, she sends me a picture and she was like, you were right. He's a catfish. And what happened was she yeah, I want to know what was the picture and stuff. yeah so she he sent her a new picture and being the good student that she was she went and reverse image searched it like i taught her how to do yes and, you taught her how to do <laughs> yes and it came up with a hit oh yeah and it was Wait. a hit yeah go ahead ask your question who is the who is the person who Sorry, I feel like I'm asking all these questions before like you're about to like tell yeah. everybody because okay. I'm like one of those annoying people. <laughs> so oh the gosh. person came up to be 22 different people. Wait, what do you mean? He uses the same photos and he has 22 different names. What? Sorry. So 22 different people that yeah. you Google reverse image search. No. So they're no, like he was the same person like he's one person, but he's pretending to be 22 different people. But how does it show up on Google? Like it just different so, websites uh, that he has. So people, no, it's like a website where people are like, "This person is a catfish. Don't, oh, shoot. don't do it." And so the picture triggered on this website that was like all these different people that were like, "Yes, I was talking to this person, and his phone number was this, and these are oh the pictures God, that he sent me." Oh my God! Can you send me this website right now? Yes. I need to look. Well, no, I I'm trying to get the website from her, but she won't send it to me. Um, oh. but I but I'm trying to get it so I can put it on the website because oh I gosh. want to prevent this guy from doing it to anyone else. So you made enemies with weather hype, sir, whoever you are. The name that he was using for her was Michael J. Morley out of Pennsylvania. Okay. And he is a construction worker. Um, he has a daughter. He uses the same story every time he just changes his name. So yeah. if he has a daughter, he's like a contractor and he like, if all this, if the same story sounds familiar, like, you need to be careful if you're listening to this. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you've also heard the same story from a guy, yes, something is wrong. Be worried. Okay. And so the the social media website that they met on, I've never heard of before. It was like called Tagged. 
I think. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Um, but we tried to search for his profile and he had deleted it. So I was like, mm, mm. that's another sign that it's a catfish. Um, yeah. But it turns out that he has gotten over $2,000 from women and Ooh. according to this website. So this is a really bad person and he's using his daughter or so he says like he's using his daughter in order to get people to send him money. That's so wrong. Yeah, it's terrible. And so I Ugh. thought this would be like a great s- story for catfish because not only do they try and figure out and connect people, but they also like one of their big uh, goals is to shut people down who continue to yeah. catfish. And so yeah. I thought this would be like a, a, a different spin to the catfish story where we actually know who the catfish is. We're just trying to stop him from doing it. Yeah. It's just like, I feel for your friend though. Cause this is definitely yeah. one of those things it where sucks. you want to put like trust into the human, you know, yeah. race and you realize that they're pretty bad and awful as you suspected, or at least yeah. I suspect. Yeah. And it's like, great. You know, like this is embarrassing, but also like, wow, like it's really painful for your friend. So yeah, um, it's rather unfortunate, but I'm I'm glad that, you know, she found out sooner than later. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, that's so outrageous. I'm so yeah. sorry for her. But if you guys ever have any catfishing stories, we can start a new segment, though, on our show. Yes. And I love talk about those catfishing things. Yeah. I love the show. And Do you like the food. Mm, it's OK. I haven't had it in a while, so I don't really know. But you've also, um, kind of segueing here, you've had some new foods you've tried recently, right? You told, told me about that the other day. Can you tell some of the well, people I, you've been trying? I have tried a lot of new food because like, I felt like last season we did this a lot where I would talk about different foods that I've tried. So I've tried yeah. a lot of different food this entire season. I just haven't brought it up. Yeah. Um, so some of the things that I tried was uh, cow's stomach, which is called what? you said the other day yep tripe um it was not my favorite i burned my tongue on it and it was was it hot it was very hot yeah like temperature hot and it literally burned my tongue you like french kissing a cow it was a a dim sum place and so you know everything is piping hot (laughs) piping hot and so i tried that it gave me a bad taste in my mouth not only because it was a bad taste but also because the like the consistency and like the Ugh, there's yeah, like the bumps and stuff fan. on it um Ooh. yeah and, and cow tongues are giant too how, how big was this piece like the cut up or like a whole entire tongue it wasn't a tongue it was the stomach oh sorry i <laughs> i don't know why i keep thinking tongue. <laughs> it wasn't the tongue sorry i'm thinking of tongue because i feel like i've had a tongue i did have beef tongue though that's right. You had beef tongue, which is yeah. a cow tongue, right? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I tried that at a different place at a different How time. It was in a quesadilla. It was actually really good. It just it tastes was like in steak. In a quesadilla? Yeah. Oh, weird. Okay. It tasted like steak. Oh, mm. not a fan of that. Um, of steak and of cow tongue. But. The other thing that I tried was uh, chicken feet at the dim sum mm. place, too. Not a fan of chicken yeah, feet. Yeah, not a fan either. It's but you rubbery, never know till you right? try. It is, but like it's flavorless and rubbery. Like yeah. why why are Literally. you charging us for this? Like I know you're trying to get your money's worth from this freaking chicken, but like don't give us a fee. Like this isn't I gross. Know. Why don't you just give us the fezzes while you're at it, you know? Like I think a lot of people like feathers. it for its novelty. At least that's my <sighs> guess. They're just like, Ooh, No, the I think a lot of we have to get No, them. but I think a lot of I mean if you're talking about like 
American people eating it for the novelty, yeah. But like actual like Chinese people eat that as a delicacy, and they're like, cool why? with it. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not a fan. It tastes gross, and it's like really rubbery, and there's so much bone in it, and you can't really like chew it without it like choking you to death. You know? Yeah. Not a fan. But I'm glad you tried dim sum though. That's really fun. Yeah, it was very good. Except a little, I did not taste a lot of things because my tongue immediately got burned by the man the tripe by the tripe yeah Ugh. and also it, it wasn't cynic. it wasn't helping because like all they served was like hot tea so like everything was <laughs> hot like the whole time and i was like i cannot i just need like there's no water. water there's no, no ice water no what the f it was like a very traditional place all they had was Ugh. hot tea wow. but we went and got bubble tea after and that like bubble tea cooled me down Literally oh, my new favorite thing. So good. What's your flavor you get all the time? The flavor I get is strawberry, but the Did best kind is at Kung Fu Tea. Yeah, and it's Kung the, Fu tea. the strawberry like frozen one. It's like yeah. a frozen. Oh, so good. Every time yeah. I went to DC this past, like in the spring, I got one or two every time. So. Good. <laughs> So for those who don't know, um, boba is bubble tea, and the bubbles that we are referring to in this tea are uh, tapioca pearls, and they have like a slightly chewy consistency to it. It's really hard to describe what exactly it is yeah, if you haven't good. tried it before. Um, I didn't. Did, was it you and I who were talking about it, or somebody else that said that Starbucks is going to start yeah, selling bubble tea? Yeah, I told tea. you that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's you know you might be experiencing bubble tea uh, pretty soon at Starbucks if they have it their way. <laughs> um, I mean, I just don't like the idea. I mean, because there was somebody like who posted recently. Yeah, somebody showed me. Uh, they took a photo of like some kind of advertisement in a restaurant. It was like an American chain, and they're like, "What is bubble tea?" And it was like this new phenomenon and new take <laughs> on how you drink tea. And I'm like, "No, literally, it's the Asian community forever. has has drink. We've had bubble tea for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and for them to kind of you know, insinuate that this is like a new way to drink tea or, a, you know, something like novel that they've made it become, you know, popular or something. I, it just makes me really frustrated because it's been around for a while. You can't claim it to be your thing. It's like Subway claiming that Sriracha is like their thing because they started <laughs> doing it when like we've all had Sriracha in our pho for like a long time. Like that's just rude, you know? Yeah, that's pretty funny though. Cultural appropriation, I don't know. No, but, it exactly what it is. But it's almost just like those terrible people that hate a sports team, but then they start winning, so they like the bandwagon. Board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's like yeah, bandwagon. Restaurant bandwagging, bandwagon, bandwagon. <laughs> I'm gonna what? <laughs> Apparently, you can't talk either. <laughs> yeah, bandwagoning. That's a hard word to say. I don't know if band it's an actual wagoning. word. Uh, we're gonna make it a word. Okay bandwagoning the act of being a bandwagon so the act of being a terrible person <laughs> <laughs> i guess um, this sounds really bad but like bubble tea is like the only positive thing that i enjoyed the other new thing that i tried was uh, i've been having more sushi recently and yum. i had fish egg sushi yeah yeah it was really not my favorite it was like an explosion of salt in your mouth Yep, it's not my favorite either. And I also think about um, Nemo Jr. and Coral Jr. Aww. from Finding Nemo. You know, it makes yeah. me really sad when I think about those fish eggs. So I try not to eat those too much. But you can buy them at a 
Asian grocery stores and you can actually buy them in like the freezer aisle and you can spread them onto your different types of food and stuff. It's very mm. interesting. So if no. you want to make homemade sushi and obviously you love fish eggs so much, no. you can buy some. <laughs> I was just kind of forced into doing it. It was almost like a fear factor challenge. Oh my God. <laughs> Who forced we were, you? We were just having, we had a treat yourself Japanese treat yourself. night. 2018. Um, and so we spent so much money. I've never spent so much money at a restaurant before in my life. Wait, per person, how much was it? 50. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh. There was four of us. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, it was great. Treat though. yourself. We, but we, Yeah, it was a definitely a treat yourself. We had just finished school. So like just like April-ish and yeah. we were just like, we just need a break. And it was wow. it was great. We had hibachi we had sushi it was just like it was just like a a feast just keep it coming keep it coming dude now you're making me hungry there's a chinese buffet across the street from my house that i want to go to now but i probably shouldn't go and i should definitely not go alone that's just sad (laughs) (laughs) should go get bubble tea though i kind of want to go oh that's so good i already had a diet coke today after the hike um sue gave me a diet coke and i was like oh i really don't want to drink soda but I'll, I'll drink it. And it was really good. And I was kind of craving soda anyway. So that was my unhealthy beverage for today. Is bubble Even tea though it has unhealthy? zero calories, it has lots of sugar in bubble it. Bubble tea has tons of sugar in it. I mean, so when you go to Kung Fu tea, normally you can order oh, the yeah, sugar 25%. level. <laughs> <laughs> so normally you can order 0%, 30%, 50%, 70%, and 100%. 110% and, is what I want. Oh, no, that's way too much sugar. That's so much sugar. I normally get 30%, and that's like so really sweet for me. You yeah. don't get to choose when you do the frozen one. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. I, I do. I choose, yeah, because they I, never, I they never, in New York. I guess you have to like specifically tell them when you get the frozen yeah, one. Yeah, I think you do. Because like I've do. gotten a regular tea before, and they asked me all those questions, but when I do yeah. the frozen one, they never ask. Uh, I don't know. I definitely don't get that much sugar in mine because it's the uh, I always get taro, oh, so which yeah, is taro. really really good. The purple one, um, and, and it's, it's like what is it? What is taro? Like um, potato? No, 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 no. Sweet taro is supposed to be like a um, taro root powder is ideal for making sweet and creamy taro bubble tea. Uh, the flavor of taro root is very unique and comes from a starchy root. Some people describe taro root powder mix as having a sweet and nutty vanilla taste. That's oh, a pretty good way of describing yeah, that it. that sounds good. A sweet and nutty vanilla taste. That sounds good. So if you guys ever want to, try some and, and let me know what you think. Or don't try some and get the strawberry basic flavor like Castle oh does. Oh my gosh, I don't care. Basic, 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 basic. for life. <laughs> <laughs> basic butterfly. You know, we should call this episode like Tangent Essential because we've just been like <laughs> All over the place. Ugh. Songs of the week, shall we? Sure. Cool. Castle, really you did not fill out the Google Doc, so I have literally no idea what your song of the week is, um, though I can, I can surmise what it might be. I'm going old school. Oh. Not not Ariana Grande? <laughs> no. No. I haven't, so I haven't been, to be honest, I haven't listened to music in about four weeks. Because all I've been doing is reading for my comprehensive exams. He just has earplugs exams. in all day, every day. Just I mean, I don't have earplugs in. I just... I know. Okay. It's hard for me to read and listen to music. I write and listen to music. So starting tomorrow is when I write. So I'll be listening to music. But yeah. um, I've been playing a few songs to get me kind of pumped up and excited. Mm-hmm. And, and what are they? Um, 
it is this Spotify playlist that I have termed Femme Fatale. Oh. Which is basically all the female artists that I love. Yes, and... And Demi Lovato, Demi Lovato, um, Grande, Betty Who, um, okay. uh, Hillary Duff, Bridget Midler, Hillary. Uh, what was the R- last one? Rihanna, Bridget Midler. Oh, Bridget Midler, yeah. Rihanna, Leah Michelle, Katy Perry, um, Little Mix. <laughs> uh, Are they still existing? Unlike yes, Harmony? there's a there's a new. They just put a new song out. It's called Power. I actually heard it oh, the okay. other day. Cool. Yeah. Um, Good on you, so Little Mix. The song that I am picking is mm. "Somebody Loves You" by Betty Who. Somebody loves you. Yeah, because I actually heard it on The Bachelorette this week. It's uh, The Bachelorette's favorite artist is Betty Who, and one of the contestants actually got her to come on the show, which I thought no was really cute. Yeah. How did the contestant um, get Betty Who to come on the show? I don't know. I don't know. ABC I'm sure producers, like, the producers help. Yeah, I'm sure they helped. Yeah. But That's it's so like crazy. her favorite artist, and he like he chose. It was the hometown date, so he got to pick whatever they did. Yeah. And so he got her to come and I was like, that's really nice that he one remembered that it was like her favorite and two so, actually got her to come to Colorado. She was in Colorado, by the way. What? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Well, honestly, I don't know too much about Betty who I didn't realize until I just Googled her just now that she's actually Australian. Yes. She um, is. There's, she has a few popular songs like Somebody Loves You. Yeah. Um, what are some of the other ones that people might know that have maybe they've heard on the radio? Um, Do you know? And she's also, if anyone watches Queer Eye, she's the the artist for the new, their new song, the second season. She's the artist for that. Um, Just the second season, like theme song. Yeah, theme song. Isn't that the same as the first season though? Is it? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Well, all she, things she just did keep it. getting better or whatever. Yeah, she all did it. That's her. Just keep getting better. Oh, I didn't realize that was her. Yeah. That makes so much more sense now. Okay, all things. I think it's called. Min, what is your song of the week or songs of the week as I see? Yeah. Um, so in Denver we have radio stations. <laughs> really? <laughs> Just you know no way. As, like many even other American high. cities. Even up <laughs> <laughs> even that high of elevation and altitude, yes, we still somehow manage to have radio wave frequencies to give us good songs. Um I like Denver because I feel like I get songs here that I don't hear on the radio in other places. Um, I know like when I was out here in Denver a few years ago, like I think 2015, I heard a song on the radio and I loved it, but I never ever heard it on the radio at any other town or city of, you know, that I was living or, or visiting. Um, so I don't know, maybe Denver radio is different. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so I heard the song called Saturday Sun by Vance Joy. You might know Vance because he sang the song Riptide. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Saturday Sun is a very like happy, whimsical, um, happy-go-lucky kind of song um, about like meeting the love of his life and just kind of like going along with with life, but trying to figure out like where they stand and what the relationship is like. And it just feels very, I don't know. I really like the vibe of it. It's hard to describe, but I, I definitely would uh, recommend um, you guys playing that one. It's it definitely can get stuck in your head, and it makes you, I know, it makes me feel good when I sing it. Um, my roommate has a Google home connected to her Spotify. So when I'm in the kitchen, which is where the speaker is, I just like say, Hey Google play, you know, Saturday sun by Vance joy. And then I just like start bebopping to it while I'm like washing dishes or cooking or something. 
Um, but yeah, it's a really good song. And the second song that I would like to put into the song of the week is Burning Down the House by AJR. Um, AJR is a trio. I don't remember if they're all... Oh yeah, they're all brothers. Yeah. Adam, Jack, and Ryan. And they're from New York. And they... I'm trying to figure out... Remember what the other song they had out it, was. Yeah, it was pretty popular. Um, Oh, Sober. Don't you help me sober up? Blah 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. So they have some pretty good um songs out, and I I texted you because we were talking about the um, idea of parasocial relationships on the last podcast, right? Uh huh. Yep. And I texted you the song Netflix Trip. Yeah. And by AJR. Um, did you listen to it? it? Nope. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, listen to it. Um. So anyway, I've just inadvertently submitted a third song to Song of the Week, but um. AJR is a band name, and they sing Burning Down the House in Netflix Trip. And Vance Joy has a song called Saturday Sun. We will link you to all those on our website, and maybe link you on social media. I don't know Apparently, yet. Apparently, AJR is a DIY pop group. What does that mean? means that they write, produce, and mix their own material in their living room. Oh, in their living room? Yep. Well then, sir. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives if they're mixing? Uh, we're doing a podcasts living in, in our living room. I think we're pretty cool. Well, I'm in the closet. I'm not in the living room. <laughs> okay, so I, you need to figure out a different setup because, like, I'm out in like my room and I, I'm on my desk and I just like put stuff all around my my microphone and it works really well without having to be uncomfortable in the closet. I mean, I'm not uncomfortable and I like it because I can just shut it away. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I always thought you said you didn't care for being in there. I mean, I've gotten used to it. (laughs) I've gotten used to being in small confines in the dark. It's like, like, I mean, I like being in the dark. Yeah, that's true. Never mind. So, solitary confinement wouldn't really scare you. (laughs) Cool. Good to know. Should we wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. I think that's pretty uh, pretty good. If you guys tolerated that, then uh, thank you for that. But hopefully, you had some fun. So negative. No, I'm kidding. I mean, you know, because sometimes I think people are like, oh, we need some good content. But I'm like, you know, sometimes we can goof off. And uh, today was one of those days. So voila. Now you know about our lives. Anyway, um, you can find us in a variety of places, including Facebook.com slash hype, which I don't update very often. So <laughs> maybe don't go there. Uh, but more <laughs> often we update is weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us at weather uh, on Twitter. <laughs> You can find us in the weather. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words weather and hype, or you can send us an email at weatherhype at gmail.com. Have we checked the email in a while? I have the email tab open, so I look to see if people send okay. emails. Yeah. Great. Yeah, so we're good. Um, also, reviews are great. We've uh, noticed that we have a little bit of a spike in listenership, so if you're new and like to give us some feedback, we'd appreciate reviews um, and, and just comments in general, so you can reach out to us on those social media platforms, but uh, we'd love for you to leave reviews for us on the different uh, podcast players like Apple, Spotify, and uh, those media. We have some exciting guests and topics coming up, including talking about hurricanes and storm surge, um, and also a special project that we're kind of working on that should come out in October. So stick yes. around for those cool things. So until next time. Until next time. Stay, stay hyped. hyped.
See, that's really interesting that that rocks, uh, crevices and stuff can channel the electricity. Because I'm thinking of like Pokemon and how like Pokemon. lightning, like Pikachu can't fight against like rock type Pokemon because <laughs> rock types are immune to yeah lightning energy. But is that? I mean, just I'm very confused right now. <laughs> I'm just thoroughly confused. Like, what is the truth? I don't know. 